Welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections, a weekly podcast dedicated to everything science fiction. It's me, your sci-fi boy, Colin Brandon, and joining me tonight is... Mark Bodker. Matt Bodker. I am Ben Young. I'm Bill Jarvis. Andrew's back. And tonight we are talking about the brand new, brand brand fucking new, uh, Christopher Nolan film, Tenet. That's right, we lied last week. Yeah. Well, we didn't know it was coming out, did we? Well, it, yeah, it snuck up on us. We actually got into an advanced screening because we're a very popular podcast. Yeah, Chris no called, called me. Us, uh, Chris yeah. called me and he's like, right, yeah, bro, if I need you to go see my movie and uh, <laughs> um, tell us what you think about it, dissect it, and do all the things that you uh, say that you do about <laughs> it. <laughs> it's always playing in the background. <laughs> that would explain a lot. So, yeah. so yeah, like, it is important to note that, like, it comes out tomorrow, uh, September 3rd, when you're listening, if you're listening to this on the day of. So, uh, there's a ton of spoilers. Oh, crap. Oh, ton, ton of spoilers. Um, we're not going to be kind. Anyways, let's get going. <laughs> um, so, Tenet, uh, written and directed by Christopher Nolan, produced by Christopher Nolan and his wife, Emma Thomas. Demi, De- Debbie Nolan was in that? Is Debbie yeah, Nolan joined? Yeah. Emmy Debbie Nolan Thomas, that's her name. Um, oh, it is. Starring John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, Elizabeth Debicki, Dimple Capadia. I'm sure that's not how you uh, say her name. I'm just bad. Uh, Michael Caine, Kenneth Branagh, and well, I guess that's it. Mesh Patel uh, had a bigger do, role do I than Mesh yeah, Patel was pretty great. Yeah. I think it's yeah, pronounced well, Cappuccino. I don't think so. Um, the, uh, there's also uh, Aaron Taylor, whatever his name is. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron Taylor Johnson, thank you. There it is. Which I didn't actually realize it was him until like the last five minutes of the movie. Yeah, I didn't realize that was him until just now when you said it. Yeah, that was him. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to say this now. Music by Ludwig uh, Geronson. Isn't it Goronson? I looked it up and there was a J in the uh, huh. phonetic spelling. So I'm going to go with Geronson, um, which I'm sure we're going to talk about him a lot tonight. Um, yeah, edited by Jennifer Lame. Is that uh, the person who's responsible for all of the uh, sound? No. Or no. No, that's the no. sound editor. Yeah, that'd okay. be sound. Well, and then the, the, the loudness, it would be the sound mixer, but that's no one directs editor. his mixers to do that so uh well all right so the budget was anywhere from 200 to 225 million Jesus. though they're projecting on top of marketing it's probably closer to 300 million Jesus. and it's also been speculated that they're going to need somewhere in the area of 400 million just to make uh, their money back oops so i don't know what that means <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I, I think mean, even to be with fair, coronavirus, even if coronavirus wasn't a thing, I think it would be a stretch on this one. I mean, to be fair, it, it hasn't even released yet, and it's at fifty three point six million. Yeah, but it, it's it, yeah, but it's been out in the rest of the world for I think a, a few weeks now. It's been a few weeks. weeks. Damn. Okay. Weeks. Shit. No, we're fucked. Most They're of fucked. Inception made eight hundred over eight hundred million in box office, so they could do it. Well, that was Inception. <laughs> Yeah, that's also when people yeah. were naive to uh, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, they still are. 
Yeah, I guess. I have an interesting <laughs> interesting point about that, but uh, I'll, we'll, I'll wait on it. Somebody Fair should enough. say a synopsis about this movie. All right, go. Armed with only one word, Tenet, and fighting for the survival of the entire world, the protagonist journeys through a twilight world, international espionage, on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. And I need to point out that protagonist is capitalized there. That's a very important part. Well, yeah, because that's his name. (laughs) I didn't write this because I was looking up some inspiration on, on where to start. And I found this on IMDb that someone wrote, and I thought, I can't do any better than this. Like, like this, this synopsis is the biggest joke anyone could write. Like, it is the perfect encapsulation of how obtuse this movie is. <laughs> <laughs> it sucked. Oh, it sucked. <laughs> Here we go. Someone clapped in our theater. Oh, oh, did. People did. Yeah, I hate it when people, people do that. Like this. I don't know why people do that at all. Yeah. It's a fucking movie. It's the actors can't hear you. They want no no <laughs> one can. No one can hear the clapping. He's he's yeah, he's bowing all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Someone comes up to Chris and they're like, somebody's clapping at your movie screening, and he's wow. like, oh, okay, fine. I'll go. Wow. So, wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't hear you. <laughs> I just want to share. How, how oh, fucked up would that be if that's always going on in Christopher Nolan's head? <laughs> whenever like he's talking, whatever he's thinking, it's just like a wow. You have to assume it is. Yeah, yeah bro. I'd like the uh, the chicken salad sandwich on rye bread, toasted. His like producers or any like you know people are giving him you know critiques on on the movie like you know I think the scene's great but maybe if you if you change this little aspect about it he's just watching them like and that's all he's hearing it's like every third word just gets totally cut out in his head I think okay so I think the way that he does sound design and sound mixing is that they find an acceptable level and then he's like okay but turn up the sound about 75%. So turn up the uh, soundtrack by about 75% and then literally don't listen to it again and just send it to the theater. (laughs) Okay. So I've been seeing that trend in IMAX in general though. Whenever I go, I'm like, it's just so fucking loud. Everything is so incredibly loud. I am personally a fan of sound in IMAX. I think sound in IMAX is uh, one of the is is the pretty much the only calling card to IMAX at this point? I think a lot of it, a lot of the film uh, side of it can be done and in a lot of other aspects better at this point too. Like if I want to see something on a big screen, I'll go to the music box and see it in a seventy millimeter. You know, I don't need to see it in IMAX. But I, I like, for example, Interstellar. I think uses sound really well in a in a loud way. You know, I think it used when I, I remember when I saw Interstellar in IMAX, I was blown away because it's loud. Of course, it's a Nolan movie, but it uh, it uses sound in a jarring way and then cuts back quickly in certain scenes to kind of give you that feeling of space. And that seemed to be the only case in which Nolan has ever used it to his advantage. Yeah. Because he keeps trying to talk about how, like, that's what he wants is, you know, uh, what's the quote I pulled up here? Uh, 
I don't agree with the idea that you can only achieve clarity through dialogue. Clarity of story, clarity of emotions. I, I try to, <laughs> it's like, and it goes on with that. But this movie had no clarity of dialogue, but it also had no clarity of story or clarity of emotions. So you were just confused when you were like, wait, what are they saying? What's happening? <laughs> What's the plan? I was talking to a friend of mine uh, last night after I saw the movie because uh, I posted my just hot take really quick on on Facebook. And he messaged me. He said, hey, I trust your opinion because he's a smart person. And he said, thank you for making me save time. And I said, I said straight up, I'm like, you might enjoy it. You know, you never know. And he goes, you know what, though? Who, who here is familiar with Frank Miller, the comic book writer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, you know what? Yeah. I've always felt like Christopher Nolan is the Frank Miller of directors. People watch him when they're young. They, for many, they, he is their first exposure to cinema, if you will, quote unquote, like real film. And people are really into him. And then you grow up, you learn actual nuanced directors, actual directors that have things to say and can say them clearly. And you realize looking back on it, that it was just nonsense from the get go. And Frank Miller has always been the same way. Even now, as Frank Miller continues to write comic books, it's nonsense nonstop. Like his latest, his latest, he wrote a Superman story where Superman joins the Navy when he turns 18. Like, it's just silly. And I think that's Nolan. Like, he continues to get sillier in an effort to try and prove that he isn't his old movies. Well, well, I figured it out. And Christopher Nolan is actually the love child between Alex Gar- Garland and uh, Michael Bay. I mean, Alex Garland would be a love child of Nolan, wouldn't he? It's a very tight-knit family. <laughs> yeah, this movie proves that that's possible. <laughs> well, I, I say that because Alex Garland does... So here's the thing. Is Alex Garland does... The weird, the weird batshit dialogue of like people just like talking bullshit mm-hmm. science mm-hmm. and going, it, it makes sense. That mm-hmm. Anyone who thinks otherwise is fucking stupid. That's how it works. Duh. Don't try and to then, understand it. They tell you. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. And then uh, he also has that Michael Bay aspect where he just like films scenes because they don't actually serve his plot. They just look really cool. Yeah. That was half the movie. That's the Michael Bay aspect. Honestly, like. Half the freaking movie was just a Michael Bay, ex- Michael Bay explosion in reverse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were like, I I think the standout scene for me in the film was when he, when the protagonist is taken into the back, uh, the kitchen of the restaurant. And that fight scene is the best scene in the whole movie because it's small and it uses its space well. And mm-hmm. the fight tells a story. It tells us a bit about character work going on there. And that is the best scene in the whole movie. And that was within the point where I was still kind of enjoying myself. Like the first hour, I tried really hard to enjoy it. I was like, I don't want to be that person who just walks in and it's like, I hate this already. Because I've been talking shit about it since it came out, you know, or since it was announced and since the trailer was released. And I didn't want to be that anymore. I was like, okay, I'm going to try really hard to like it. And like it, I did for about an hour. But then, like Colin said, they just never shut the hell up. It's just talking and talking and talking, and no one is actually saying anything. 
And it's like it's like no one watched a Quentin Tarantino movie and was like, I like what he's doing here and didn't understand what he was doing there. And so he just writes quippy dialogue and is like, oh, I'm the fucking protagonist. And then you realize like, oh, that's his name. It's stupid. It's all stupid. That's so funny. <laughs> I like what this guy is doing here. And it's like he doesn't know what's going on here. Like, let's just let him make, let him make no his idea. fun movies, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like don't get me wrong I, I like most of Christopher Nolan's work I really do but I think he is slowly uh, digressing like no, that's not the right word spiraling well, yeah he's just getting devolving. worse I think devolving I guess yeah we'll go with that um, and it pains me to say that because I really enjoyed some of his earlier movies hell I even liked Interstellar mm-hmm. um this one was just not that good. Was I entertained? Yes. Was I confused most of the time? Yes. Did I understand what was going on at any point? Not really. <laughs> I really, honestly, it's really weird because I've been thinking about this. And it's not that I like, if it's not that the movie was very satisfying at all in any way. I thought it was cool. It looked cool. I was very, I, whenever I had a moment where I was just like, wait, 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 let me think about that. They were like, no, we're going we're gonna to just keep going. And I'm like, wait, 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 I, that doesn't make any sense because wouldn't she have the wound before she got shot and you know, whatever. Anyway, so that whole thing, um, you know, it goes on and on and on. And it's like, I get confused and it's like, don't fucking think about it. Okay. Just, just go with it. Just go with it. That's the whole like premise for Christopher Nolan's, um, movies like inception and uh this one and even the uh the time travel aspect of interstellar yeah is you just go with it like just go with it and it'll be a plot device that you can use to do something good but he had the plot device but he didn't have the plot so he had like this cool plot device and he was like oh we could do something really really big and cool with this and then it was just like like a very 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 generic james bond movie like it was very very generic james bond movie yeah big bad with bomb and you try yeah. to save the world from bomb and that was it and so it was like and then there's all this international espionage going on and he's the he's the suave guy blending in with the party i mean christopher nolan literally said this is my james bond he yeah it's sci-fi james bond i just yeah. i didn't even realize for a second it really that's, is that's what it is and so like and then but like <sighs> But it, when you come down to it, like if you were to like straighten out all the timelines and make it super simple and straightforward, you would just be like, okay, that okay, like that's okay. Like, bad guy has a bomb. You stopped him from blowing up the bomb. There we go. Okay, we guys. Done. I just got a new theory off of you. What you were saying, Bill? What if he wrote a Bond movie and everybody laughed at it? And he's like, no, guys, you're reading it wrong. You're supposed to be reading it from the from the back forward and then he just found a way to <laughs> from the back forward um i'm glad you brought up inception because i've talked a lot about my gripes with that movie and i don't know when we'll ever do an inception episode if ever so i really quickly just want to point out that it's the same shit in inception like you said that pisses me off that pisses me off in this and it's mainly, like, I think to, like, the, all the sleeping stuff and the jumps and how no one sets very specific rules for how it all works at the beginning of it. <laughs> and then by the end of it, 
throws it away. He's I'm like, like and it's fuck? not, and it's not an active decision to subvert what you expect. It's he wrote himself into a corner, and now he's just gonna toss out a rule so that he can get himself out of it. That's really what it comes down to, and that's the same thing here. It was constant. Like that was constant. Yeah. Like if you if you build a fantasy world, if you build a sci-fi world that you have to really really um suspend your disbelief, at least function within your own universe. Mm-hmm. You know, when you start breaking your own rules and then it's like, well, you know, like the fire doesn't just go backwards, it actually absorbs heat and <laughs> everything becomes cold. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like what is why like when anyway sorry i'm getting all worked up i'm gonna stop now i'm just gonna say that a lot of it was really fucking stupid and you know what i'm gonna accept all of it that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna just accept all of that as plot device even though sometimes there's some inconsistencies and it still does not meet my standards it's a movie for stupid christianity got it it's a movie for stupid people that think they're smart right but it's, if someone like comes out of this and they were like, well, that's pretty straightforward. I pretty much understood the whole thing. And I'm just like, it was incomprehensible garbage, dude. Stop trying to pretend like, you know, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Like, here's the thing. I'm, 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 I know in the past I have been, I have been one to tell people they're wrong or for the liking future. something. And it's, no, here's the thing. It's not good. No matter what you can tell me, it, it's objectively bad. But if you like it, then then you liked it. Great. I'm glad. I'm glad someone got enjoyment out of this. I, I and don't get me wrong. I want to see it a second time so that I can see if like there was something I missed. I you know, it's just like it. I just got to go. Yeah, exactly. I just have to sneak in. I'd have to pay like a nickel for fucking Shrek 2 or whatever and then go see that. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you say you're glad somebody is happy or like something, I never believe you. <laughs> no, I'm serious. If someone finds enjoyment in something, I feel it, like even when we walked on the movie yesterday, we all were kind of like, "Okay, I, I think uh, some of that was was pretty sloppy, but like that was fun to watch, right?" And we were all like, "Yeah, it was it was fun to watch." It I was feel like def- all of you have forgotten that in the last uh, no, whatever twenty four hours. I literally said I, I enjoyed it. No, I, I was gonna say. I mean, okay, so what? What I. I don't mean let me let me set it straight so I was like really confused by a lot of inconsistencies in the end the plot wasn't that great and then but throughout the entire movie I was super engaged in trying to untangle the spaghetti yeah if that makes sense like I was super engaged it had me like sucked in but then at the very end I was just like oh okay and you know like that's how i felt i felt like it was a spectacle definitely a spectacle definitely something that was like cinematography like uh cinema cinematography you're right you're right okay um it definitely you know there's a lot of cool things going on and you really want to dissect everything that you're seeing which is visually very very cool and you're trying to figure out and it's like a puzzle of trying to figure out what's going on backwards, forwards, which is cool. It's a cool little game to play throughout the movie, and I really enjoyed that part. I really thought it was like, okay, I'm trying to figure out what's going on with this, with this. You know, I'm trying to do the math in my head, but at the end of the movie, you know, at the end of the day, the movie is supposed to be a film. It's supposed to be something with a plot and something with that makes sense. And so the critic in me 
the critic in me it doesn't really like it but like the little kid if the little kid 10 year old billy when when saw this he would probably really 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 enjoy it this would I'm, first of all i was just gonna say that this would play pay play a lot better as a 20 hour video game than as a two and a half hour movie oh very much this would be an awesome mechanic for a I video think, game i think what you're looking for is called control I I, I, I do want to play it. I, but the, the the visual aspects. I really want to play that. Yeah, but me too. Bill mentioned that it's it, his ten year old brain loved it, and I was like, the first thing I wrote down after walking out of the theater and sitting down in my car was, I imagined Christopher Nolan traveled back to the past to have his ten year old self write his idea of the perfect time travel movie, and that's ah, what we got. Yes, perfect. That's it. It's like it's like a ten year old explaining time, and he's just like, okay, okay. So then what? Well, then they go into the one vault and they come out the other, but now they're traveling back in time. Oh, interesting, interesting. Okay. Backwards. So, did you guys read that? Uh, apparently, Nolan has been. This is like conceived of ideas that he's had for like twenty years. And uh, it took him about six or seven years to, like, get this out. Didn't he say the same shit about Inception? I mean, yeah, probably. I hate that dude. <laughs> Damn. I can't I can't talk. I still haven't finished it. <clears throat> I I don't know. I, I agree with all of the complaints you guys have, but I think it got... It didn't get in the way of my enjoyment of the film as much as it did with you guys, it seems like. Unpack that. Yeah, I'm with you, Mark. I, uh, I I liked the movie. I mean, the time travel mechanics and the sci-fi was egregious, but I was in. I was on the hook the whole time, pretty much, yeah. I enjoyed That's, it, and, and I, yeah. I also wish the sound had been balanced a little better. Oh, God, I, it was the loudest movie I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> oh, if but I could I, watch this movie with subtitles, I would enjoy it immensely, I that think. Was within, like, five <laughs> minutes, I was like, God, I wish I had subtitles. Oh, my God, I wish I had subtitles. But, uh, but I do see, I do kind of get a bit of the point of that quote that Matt was reading earlier about the dialogue. In particular, the scene that sticks out to me is the the interrogation scene where he's got tall, pretty lady cat. He's got cat <laughs> uh, at gunpoint. And there's the dialogue going forwards and backwards at the same time over the speaker. And at the time I was like, this is, there's so many cuts and there's so much audio and they're talking over each other and it's different people talking over themselves. But there was a lot of like, movement and emotion going on at the same time so you could you under you almost understood everything that was going on and i and the situation itself was simple enough that you knew what was going on and i was frustrated not being able to hear clearly but at the same time it was an interesting way to do the scene and it wrapped up a couple minutes later in a nice way because of that chaos if that makes sense it made for, I think, a interesting payoff. I don't know if it would forgive my frustration in that moment, necessarily. Which I think is a good <laughs> general uh, quote for how that movie was for me. That I, th I think the overall payoff was worth the frustration in the moments. 
in those moments it wasn't, but in the end, I was like, okay, the way that that panned out because of the weird chaos in some of the moments, the payoff they had for that chaos, because it kind of unfolded as they did weird time travel shit, was worth it for me in the long run. See, I, I get it and I respect it. But actually, the entire final sequence is what lost me, and it was is what was like the nail in the coffin. They lost me around I don't know, uh, probably around the time he met the Russian dude, met Kenneth Branagh. But um, what what finally was the nail in the coffin was the whole sequence at the end with the the, <laughs> the, the temporal pincer. I can't even say it with a straight face. I don't know how the actors did. And the they were getting paid. It, none of it made of sense to say it, huh? They were getting paid millions of dollars to say it with a straight True. face. Well, but remember, sense, yeah. and also remember the big important key of it all that John David Washington said in an interview that he didn't understand the movie and still doesn't totally understand the movie. So that's a big thing. Um, I I was confused, especially when it came down to the end and. Um, and the protagonist noticed, uh, definitely, uh, he notices Neil's, uh, a body on the ground in the little bunker area, and it's, it's got, like, little chains on it, and I just assumed that was Neil. I was just like, oh, that's Neil, that just is, that's just him, he died, and we're about to see his death come in a minute. And, but then they try to pull it off as a twist that it's Neil. And I'm like, you guys telegraphed that pretty wildly. I don't know why you're trying to get me with that. It's, it is what it is. The other thing was, like I mentioned, John David Washington, um, he, he, he didn't seem to understand anything. He delivered lines weirdly throughout the whole thing. Uh, every once in a while, he would just kind of bounce a line back to whoever he's playing off of in the scene, which I assume is due to poor pacing and poor direction in the scene. He'll like someone will say something, and instead of actually replying to it, he'll just bounce the line back because it's her. It's his turn to say the line, and it doesn't feel real. It just feels strange. And I found myself laughing at a lot of his delivery throughout it. Uh, Mark could tell you I I laughed at quite a few of his lines in the movie and just you know and little things like that that just pile up one after another until the end where i said it was fun yeah sure i said it was fun but like bill said in an engaging sort of way where at least my mind had something to do throughout the the slog like it still was just (laughs) you know it's it's still especially after i've had 24 hours to digest it the more i think about it the angrier i get that it's just that this this dude was allowed to make this without a clearly without a script editor. No, yeah. no, he probably had a script editor and they didn't understand it either. <laughs> I think they <laughs> man, I don't know. I think there could have been more clarity. They needed breathing room and you never got it. And I think there, that in yeah. the, in that moment where cuz we keep joking about the uh if you keep thinking about it like you can't you can't keep thinking about it you just need to go and that i mean they said that so late in the movie i don't think it was intended to be like a talking to the audience kind of thing i really do think that was an in the moment the combat was so chaotic 
I mean, combat the, in general would already be so, like, just pure chaos. But then to be trying to dissect it mentally while you're also fighting a battle, I really do think that was an in-the-moment, like, dialogue thing, which I thought was, they which tell I, I thought you was interesting. They tell you 15 minutes into the movie. Did they? Don't think about it. Yeah, you, you, you can't understand it. It's when she's explaining the whole inverse time theory. All that stuff with all mm. the items. The scientists played by... I don't know the actress's name. All I know her as is Chloe from In Bruges. And... Uh, Yona? Was that? Probably Wigwaga. Because that's her, her best role she's ever had. <laughs> mm-hmm. And... Uh, oh, no, she's, Clemens Posey. Yeah, and she says to mm-hmm. him... Uh, you know... We, uh, don't don't I forget whatever we said earlier don't try to understand it blah 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 she said just, just go, go by, by instinct, instinct. that's basically. right thank you just yeah. do it time will yeah. sort it all out but uh, hmm? let me see here Which, um I thought the combat the visual sorry. as you said that that was that part more than any other part in the in the movie experience was was kind of breathtaking in a way the way that things i mean combat already there's explosions and there's a, a lot of noise and chaos but seeing visually them tie together the two frames of people moving in two different directions was was something else to see you see it okay. was gorgeous but my issue with it is they didn't use it yes it didn't feel like blue sure. team was helping red team like the people going backwards that. in time were didn't like you didn't visually see them helping like they kind of briefly explained it before the fight but you didn't really get an idea of that happening like you did it a couple times the one time i remember them doing it which was the coolest part of the whole sequence was when they blew up the building at the same time going in different so it's always destroyed that was neat other than that i don't remember them ever helping Mm -hmm. them in fact wasn't blue team supposed to be the ones to disarm the bomb yeah. Red was supposed to fail and blue was supposed to succeed. So, and for no reason whatsoever, that plan changes because no. the protagonist is on the red side. No, they were they were sealing it if the gray team couldn't couldn't take care of it in time. They were sealing it in, weren't they? No, it's I remember very clearly uh Ives says that Red team, the the goal is that red team is going to fail, and that's the distraction that allows blue team to get in and disarm. That's the whole temporal pincer concept. But then they already knew that they already knew that was going to happen before red team started, right? God, I. Before Red Team even took before Red Team even took off, they already knew what was going to happen. Right, because of the information they got from Blue Team. Which so, means Blue so Team had to have succeeded for Red Team to know that they were going to succeed. Therefore, Red Team had to so be Red the distraction. Team, they just had to go through the motions. And and they already knew that because Blue Team told them that they were going to do that. But they didn't. They already knew that they were going to fail. So I want to chomp on this more. But first, can we break down the myth, right? The mythology of it. Can oh, we? Man. Can we figure it out? How the theory that Nolan presents 
works. So oh. he hinges a lot on the okay. grandfather paradox. Exactly, which means that whatever happens, happens has happened. Because that because it always has happened and always will right. happen. That's that's what his idea is. So, so so instead of cause so inverse is instead of cause and effect, the effect happens before the cause. So if somebody gets hit by a car, they flip in the air and then get hit by a car. So the cause is the car, the effect is them flipping in the air. They flip in the air first and then they get hit by a okay. car. And so you have two timelines running in different directions. You have the timeline in which we assume we're currently in, which is moving forward in time. And along the way, there is also an inverse timeline going back. At one point, they say that the future knows that the inverse timeline is stronger than the forward timeline. Does, was that correct? Was that what I was getting? It's. I think they, they were saying it's the other way. It's the okay. regular timeline is stronger, which is why time flows naturally in that direction. Got it. And that's why things like the explosion happened in regular time and not in inverse time. And when the protagonist and Neil were running around in the inverse timeline, are people just seeing other people walking backwards? all over the place yeah that That's was what really I rough for me like, hey, I would, all those I would, memes i kept posting in the in the facebook chat where like firemen are like putting people back <laughs> into burning buildings and <laughs> stuff like that it's that's all i could think of was like I, i'm gonna, oh, this I'm gonna is do you weird. one better when they're traveling to i presume was uh somewhere in russia right for that last final confrontation yeah it was back in uh okay, okay. uh Caesar's old town so when they're traveling by ship all the people that are working out and training on the deck are doing so in reverse which can you your muscles get stronger if you're working them out in reverse furthermore when they're inside a plastic bubble they are not trapped hang no, on a minute that was just the I oxygen oh the no plastic no. Bubble, yeah, that was bubble just was the just oxygen. oxygen because they can't breathe forward moving oxygen Got it, but they can work their muscles because, out yeah. in reverse time. Because their their lung membrane would have to cause something to happen, but the effect okay. happens. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> when <laughs> when the protagonist goes back in time a week and he goes through the vault, he comes out and he's wearing his mask of reverse oxygen, sprinting hmm. down a hall. Hmm. Should he not be suffocating? No, well, no, no. no. It, no it, oxygen got, got it got reversed. Too. It got reversed, yeah. yeah. Oxygen got reversed. Okay, the oxygen flipped with him. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. So that, 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 I, that okay. All right, I, I retract my baffled laugh. Okay. Okay. I have, I have a couple of questions. Yeah, please, please. Okay, so in that town that uh, that that our um, villain was in uh, during the during like the fall of the Soviet Union or whatever, something, something twelve. Uh, is the um, is the nuke in the town sent back from the future, or was that just something that happened? It wasn't. My my assumption was that it was something that was detonated backwards and reassembled as a plutonium bomb or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't a nuke. It was a time capsule with gold bars. They were told it was a nuke, right? 
I don't know. They were told it's plutonium, but it ended up, he found it and it had his name in it. Right. Because potentially in the future, he knew that it wasn't like the nuke wasn't going to go off or it was like a dud or it just wasn't there at all. So he put a time capsule there going in reverse or. Yeah, that makes sense. Too much reverse money. Ugh. Oh, okay. So I have I I took some notes while we were talking. Um, so uh, I think the whole movie itself is a spoiler because (laughs) no, no, the entire movie is itself in the spoiler because it happens, right? Like if it if everything if both timelines were eliminated, nothing would have ever happened. So like so like the fact that the movie happens is a spoiler in itself. You're just trying to figure out how they they figured out the problem. Um, yeah, and then I when he—I don't know about that. Why? But it would have been the timeline wouldn't exist. Well, they do. They have a discussion actually about this exact thing at one point between the protagonist and Neil, where he's saying that all, all of the things being theor- theoretical, essentially, um, only really knowing to go forward until they can take care of a situation or find out what happens, whether it's a parallel universe. Thing, or the situations will fold back effects on each other. Well, I think I think what they mean to say is that they have to make sure that what happens happens because that's what's happened. They have to make sure that it happens because it has happened, and that's what they did to make it happen. <laughs> I think that is the I, point. Is yeah. that yeah? So so but I have I have happen? to do it. Like I know I know that this is going to succeed because of the effort I'm going to put in, but that doesn't mean that I don't have to put in that effort. Right. I did get. I did gather that was kind of yeah. the thesis of the movie. Like even it was basically saying that even if destiny is a thing even if fate is a thing you that's not an excuse to not take action is the right. point even if you're doomed you should still do something right which i respect that i respect that idea so okay and then another point is when he gets in that car that's a a regular move forward moving car mm-hmm. and he's in reverse so he would have the car would have driven backwards from our perspective but from his perspective it would have moved forward so he would have had to shift it into reverse to go forward because it had heart it had already arrived at its destination but to, for his perspective it was just beginning so it had already backed into its destination and now it has to it had already reversed all the way and now he's the effect that causes it to go into reverse uh, you know anyway so he would have shifted it into a re- reverse for him to go forwards. That and doesn't would... make any sense. <laughs> so, okay, just imagine it's just the forward timeline, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. We Start saw it... the car in the forward timeline. Right, right, exactly. And the car itself was in reverse. Mm-hmm. It was. It is not an inverted car. It, it was driving in reverse. But to him he wouldn't have shifted it into drive when he got in the car. He would have shifted it into a reverse. That's all I'm asking. Would it have, would he have thrown it into reverse when he went forward? I think by Nolan's rules, he should have, but yeah. I don't believe he did. Probably not. But uh, yeah, no, so there's that. You know, and then, I wonder what? because he was inverse, but the car wasn't. That's the point. 
So he had to throw it into drive, but to him, it would have seemed like it was going in reverse. Well, the car, yeah, Robert, that's what Robert Pattinson was saying when he was in the, when they were in the bubble room, was that like the car's handling is going to be really weird because yeah. it's going to like act as if it's going in reverse, but it's actually going. So, yeah. Right. So, it, so I mean, it, it, so it itself, it itself, that object is not inverted, right? So yeah. we accept that. So putting it in drive would have driven it. Anyway, putting it in reverse would have made more sense, right? That makes sense. No, you're right. You're okay. right. Okay. I'm just making sure. Because wait, I'm trying to remember now if he pulls out forward or if he does back out of the space. No, no, right. he pulls forward. He pulls he, forward. He, he pulls forward. So it was in reverse the whole time. The question, the question all comes down to is how did the car get there in the first place? That's the big question. In forward timeline, it reversed into the into the space that it ended up in, and then when we reverse the entire thing, it. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Is that like it reversed? It was in reverse the whole time. In but, no, but but why was it that? Why was it there? Uh, because it was somebody undrove it there. Andre and everyone else was gone. <laughs> so it was it was flipped. It was flipped on the highway. Yeah, that's the first time he saw the yeah, car that, was that it was car. already flipped on the It highway. was a flipped car and then it randomly But then that, that means it's inverted. So yeah, how the, the car fuck? had to have been inverted so to have boys, done that. Boys, boys. Here's Jesus it had to have been inverted. Here's the it thing. had to have been placed there. You're right. And I need to make I need to make this clear to any listeners who are like looking for things to pick apart with uh, with whatever we critique here. Uh, We've already been to the future and seen your criticisms. <laughs> that and also and like y'all suck. Like we're not confused. We get what happened. We are. The, the confusion comes from the baffling amount of plot holes and the fact that this still has an 84 on Rotten Tomatoes. That's where the <laughs> confusion lies. <laughs> That's what awesome. Okay, wait, I, I do want to I want to say something now. Um, Go ahead. There was a point where I think it was the when they were in the shipping container um, Kat had been they were trying to heal her she was unconscious, and Neil and the protagonist are talking. Um, <laughs> and I just, I like, I kind of hit Ben in the arm, and he, he gave me a look, <laughs> and I was like, "Is Neil her son?" And Ben just looked at me, and was like, put his head in his hands, but probably <laughs> shook his head. Uh, looking at IMDb. Uh, it doesn't seem to be that, uh, because the kid actor is, um, credited as a character named Max. Yeah, no, she definitely so. calls him Max in the movie, but yeah. I assumed by what you meant is that Neil just changed his name so that his mom didn't know it was him. Could be, yeah. I Which suppose. is still entirely possible off book, like... Oh, it yeah, might they were be both something British, weren't they? Yeah. And mo as we all know, most British people are just grown-up versions of themselves. Related. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Damn it, there goes our British audience. <laughs> right, mom, I need uh what was your name again, Cat? Uh, oh, you've got to go back in time, right? 
but <laughs> that would mean that Max would have had to be inverted when he was like 14 years old, gone back in time. Can we stop saying inverted? Because every time I think of it, I think of Top Gun. <laughs> For the record, to our listeners, when Maverick was inverted. <laughs> I don't. I, I got to still see that. I haven't seen that. Oh, yeah. We have the, the steel book collector's edition. We also have the soundtrack on vinyl here. So. <laughs> but do you have Kenny the Loggins audience Loggins? game? I just, I just wanted to point out really quick also for for anyone who hasn't seen the movie and it's just like fuck it, I don't care because I know we do have listeners like that. Like in when we say inverted to clarify, there are objects that were doused with inverted radiation that were sent back through the timeline and somehow can be manipulated by people moving forward in the timeline as if they were things that were always in that and going to end up in that spot and then make their journey to a spot where they could be inverted and then make their way back to a spot where uh, John David Washington can shoot it into his gun. It sounds to his gun. It sounds oh, confusing, but it's really just annoying. <laughs> it's really just stupid. I, okay, so I have. Okay, so can we talk about the bullet? Cat got shot with the bullet, right? Yeah. yeah. What the fuck happened there? For some I reason, got got no idea. By, I, the bullet got shot by Cat, actually. That is true. Okay, good that point. With her body. Um, but uh, <laughs> yep. she shot it out of her wounds. Um, but uh no, but like seriously, if she were if she were harmed by something, the wound would have appeared over time before she actually got it, right? Right. But so it never a, did. So that's that's something that he, he broke his own rule there. Okay, whatever. Let's just call that a broken rule. But um why do they call it algorithm? Why do they call it algorithms? Because it sounds really smart. Something to the about the man, like, far future where that's like, why the past we say destroys the future and then they want to destroy the past for it, right? But algorithm is just a set of instructions. The future past? Yeah, but Bill, that was what Christopher they, they... Nolan is operating under the assumption that most people watching this movie are stupid, and he's not wrong in that regard. This isn't a movie for us at the end of the day. It just, no. it just, it blew my mind because I was just like thinking the entire time. I was like, okay, so there's this secret, like secret code or secret instructions that are being hidden. And it was just some hunks of metal. And I was like, what's the, you mean algorithm? Like, like there are a set of instructions that are going to come to pass. And maybe, maybe it was, maybe the, maybe there was no clarification because the future used the term algorithm for a machine that nobody understands now. Maybe the future inverted someone to go back in time and erase the word computer. Ooh. Okay. okay. They didn't, they never said computer the entire movie. That's a good point. Okay. Really? The way I took it was this whole thing was put together by this dramatic Russian guy. So chances are those were just a bunch of like flash drives with a piece of the code <laughs> for Tetris. like the actual like the algorithm, the like math problem that does this. And they're just dramatically in these hunks of metal. That was kind of what I was picturing the whole time. Oh god, see but hey, Colin wanted to say something. Oh my god. Uh, 
I don't even know what I was going to say. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a better tagline for this movie. Like, time, We're moving. time has a back door. You just have to walk through it backwards. Math or something. But math equations don't do anything. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what's the big bomb thing that it's, happens. It's they not. Like that's forward time. Well, Ooh. keep in mind, the bomb <laughs> was detonating the algorithm. Because the bomb still goes off. It's the... The algorithm they get their hands on, which is real in nine parts, whatever the algorithm is, just ignore the fact that the, an algorithm is an algorithm. Right, guys. Guys, you don't have just to understand words. it. Words guys. don't mean anything anymore. Guys, does binary oh, wait, code on. in reverse still say the same thing? No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> my my no what was that? Unless the algorithm is a binary palindrome. Oh my god. <laughs> I said I said my mouse is named after a snake. That doesn't mean it's a snake. Did you guys know the <laughs> did you guys know that binary palindrome is itself a palindrome? Don't think about it. Keep moving on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thanks, Christopher Nolan. Don't think about it. Just don't think just about keep it. Going. Keep going. I had a moment. Okay. Wait, I had a moment later. Um when they talked about sending things, sending pieces of uh, material into the past, um, before before they ever encountered one of the machines that flipped someone into reverse existence, um, where I got really excited thinking that they were implying all those pieces that were in the lab that they had collected were pieces of the machine that they were sending mm -hmm. back piece by piece. I got really excited for a second, and then that was not at all what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that would have been a cool, a cool concept. Like, oh, the bomb is actually all of those pieces that were that they were finding that were sent back. That uh, that would have been cooler. But that seems like that's a lot of this movie too, right? Like, it's just like, like whether you like it or not. Don't get me wrong. Like, whether you like it or not, it feels like there's just a lot in this movie where it's just like, well, that could have been cooler. Well, that couldn't work. Everything except the time that one time the protagonist rubbed a cheese grater across a dude's face. Because that was, that so was as cool as possible. So that scene was the best scene that in the That was movie. so fucking cool. The first I, uh, hour was really That was a very Bond level fight. Like that was, Oh, yeah. Oh, God. That was, that was so good. I um, I have one little thing that I wanted to say that was just inspired by what Mark said. Um, so when, when, when there was a shell that went off, when it exploded, right? but it was one of the inverted shells. It came together and went like there was an explosion and went and then the shell rose from the ground backwards, right? Right. So just imagine a nuke went off, right? At some point in the future, but it was an inverted nuke, right? So the pieces would have already scattered and as the explosion came nearer and nearer, they would fly to the epicenter of the explosion, right? Like if that were a thing, if like those things were like charred pieces of a bomb, they well, would eventually. Makes, all yeah, come what together. makes it even more de devastating is that, is that like at the epicenter of a nuke is that everything would be disintegrated. It would have been turned to dust. So it's literally right. like matter would be constructed out of the air. Mm -hmm. That's so if cool. You, so if you, yeah, exactly. Well, so if you like, so if I think about it. <sighs> Let's say there was a giant nuke that went off in the future, 
this is just a cool thought experiment. I just like playing with this. So if there's a giant bomb that went off in the future and blew up an entire city and that city basically got disintegrated and all of the pieces of the city were all around the planet, then yeah, you're right. Because it would have, if you were to reverse it, it would all come together and then form a city. That, ah, you're right. Yeah, that was so cool. That'd be a much better way to end the world. Wait a That'd second. So cool. I think I get it. Hold on. I think I'm figuring it out. All right. So the, <laughs> at the very end, when the wife goes back onto the boat to kill the Russian guy, was was that a different Russian guy, or was it yes. the same? Was it the same one from the past, or was it the future one coming back to meet himself in the past so that he could touch himself, thereby it's, ending the ending the universe? It's the same one that shot her in inverse in front of the protagonist so there would be two there would be two guys on the boat and so she always had killed him and obviously she was always Mm -hmm. the woman jumping off of the boat right uh, the other lady saw so okay all right i get it now all right movie makes sense good movie oh fuck because he left on a helicopter and then the other helicopter showed up yeah yeah Yeah, so it was all he showed up to relive that like holiday yeah that was very clear (laughs) dude i was so checked out at the end of that movie anyways boys at that point we gotta move on uh, and i'm sorry no yeah I think we got to get uh, good sci-fi, bad sci-fi in here. Oh, can I give one more critique? It's really important. I'll give it in my good, uh, good fine, sci-fi, bad. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it in my good sci-fi, good, bad sci-fi. That's okay. Okay, yeah. Put your final thoughts in your good sci-fi, bad sci-fi, boys. Uh, Mark, I'm gonna start with you. Oh man. Oh shit. Uh, <laughs> oh no, Mark didn't know that he's always the first one to go. <laughs> <laughs> he used to jump House. around. It's okay. House uh, of pain jump up to get down i i still will say i really had a good time watching the movie overall i think it's worth watching if nothing else visually it's really really entertaining um and i know people talked about it being you know a a michael bay sci-fi but i think it it takes a step a step up visually beyond being just explosions i don't know there's there's the way that time like cinema cinematography wise the way that time moving forward and backwards interacts is is seamless like i never had a point in the movie where i was like that doesn't look right or that looks green screened they did an outstanding job of of combining visuals in those scenes um so if if literally nothing else it was visually worth watching um, but I did, I did, I, I had a good time other, otherwise. And we're, the fact that we're talking about it so much is fun. I'm, you know, it's worth the money just for how much we're talking about it and how much fun we're having dissecting it. So I 100% would, would recommend anyone to see it. Um, yeah, that's it. We're going to need you to use an adjective. Good or bad. Sci-fi. <laughs> 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 All right. And or sci-fi. <laughs> I I would call it. I would call it cheap sci-fi. Interesting. I don't think I don't know if I'd say I I don't want to say good, but I also don't want to say bad. There's so you're okay. a coward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. Make tenant right. two, you cowards. Thank you, bro. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you how a brave man forms his opinion. <laughs> After math. Yeah. All right, After math. 
Okay. So I'm going to agree with Mark. Visually, this movie was gorgeous. And I just, I wish the story would hold up to the premise as well as the visuals did. I, it just, it falls apart. And there's so many things that are just weird about it. Like the, when she's first explaining the, how the inverse bullets work, that means they found a slab of material that just had these bullets in it. And they're like, oh, these are inverse bullets. Okay, we're just going to hang them up on the wall for this type of explanation. Right. That's so oh, lame. God, it was probably right. a hunk of the wall from the wreckage that, uh, that like, big fight was at the end. But for that to make sense, those bullets would have had to have been fired from that gun, right? Or I, I guess know. not in that gun in particular, just the same Maybe type the of ammunition. too. <gasps> But wait, no. They found a, <laughs> no, they were they were talking about finding a bunch of wreckage from like a war that or like a fight conflict that never happened yet. No, that's true. That, that, well, okay, that's a little and bit like, cooler. They, not, but like still, they found like a bunch of ever. stuff, like not just not just slabs of wall, but they had all those like pieces of machine happened. and the gun. They but they found the probably found pretty a bunch sure of they never but, guns. But also, he never actually dropped that bullet. Uh... He was able to pull it back into his hand, but he never dropped it. Mm-hmm. Right, that, because there were no rules. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. He just undropped the bullet. <laughs> yeah, guys. He just undropped Haven't it. That's all. Haven't you ever undropped something, Mark? Uh, so I'm about yes, to undrop a whooping on your uh, ass. Uh, I want to... I have a question. Uh... I do. Wait, okay. We wow. knew this was I, probably going to be a know, long one. I know. I'm throwing my voice here. This is... Uh, <laughs> it is true matt's got to finish his final thoughts write it down write it down mark <laughs> no seriously <laughs> i'm, I'm down, serious write it, it down future please self, and if you still remember it in the past then it doesn't matter in the future please write it down i'm watching you. okay <laughs> so the story just has a lot of rough points and does not hold up as well as it does visually the dialogue falls prey to the same bullshit that the story does where it's just weird and vague because they barely know what's going on and for that reason the movies are a lot of fun to watch and I, I agree that it's a shit ton of fun to joke about it and poke holes in the inverse theory kind of stuff so I think the movie was fun but I think it was bad sci-fi I think they pretty much just I'm not kidding when I say I, it feels like he wrote a Bond movie that was terrible and then he tried to save it by throwing in like tachyons. <laughs> Classic. Inverse radiation. Yeah. He actually reversed the polarity. Yeah. <laughs> it just it felt like the cheapest sci fi tack on like it was such a cool concept. And the first half of the movie, I was really into it. But very much like the premise of this movie, I like reversed all of my enjoyment out the second half of the movie. <laughs> you should be a That's movie a critic one. and write critic. You should write reviews. <laughs> so much right, like right. this film. <laughs> all right. Ben Young. I would like to yield part of my time to find out what Mark's question was, because I'm curious. All right, invisible Did Mark. He just he just got up and walked away. Well, he, he, he actually walked away made after cheese. he walked away right after 
All right. I then... had to go back to it. So you can say yours and then we'll just give him a moment mind, of pause I when guess. he comes back from the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. He's um, um yeah. Here's the thing. Uh it is really terrible sci-fi. It's a fine enjoyable romp through a madman's brain. Uh but never once Throughout this movie, did I think it earned the title sci-fi, and we've given the title to sci- title of sci-fi for much, much less than what this movie tried to do. It and the reason for it being that none of it was actually science; it was just science words mixed into something that he needed to make work for his plot. If you want to walk around acting like you understand, quote unquote, the movie and that you think it's great or whatever, you know, that's fine. You understand what no one was getting at. We all do. But you need to understand that there's more to sci-fi than just adding the word inverse in front of things and tossing the word algorithm around. It needs to have meaning. It needs to have substance in the actual genre or else what's the point? Bad, bad sci-fi. Kind of fun movie. It's some big, pretty big booms and some cool fight scenes. So, hey. Big bada boom. All right. Thank you, Ben. Can I take that yield of time now? What was it? Yep. Yeah, go ahead. Uh... When, after the interrogation scene, where Cat gets in unshot, um, when he's going to go through the, let's just call it a time machine. When he's going to go through the time machine. Uh, they called it a turnstile. Turnstile? I, oh, time turnstile. I actually like that. What's the question, Mark? Okay. <laughs> It was fun. Aaron Taylor Thomas's character says something about you have to look at yourself or it didn't happen or some such yeah. thing. What, why, though? But why, though? Because. Oh, no. it, it was a, you always look to make sure you're leaving. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, because the idea is if you go in but you don't come out, you'd be able to tell before you went in. And that means something went wrong, so you wouldn't want to get in there. It was just like a, hey, I've done this before. Always make sure you get out okay. I think that was more what it was. But the yeah. But the paradox, the paradox at the same time is that what has already happened has already happened, no matter what. So if you don't get out, then you should still walk in there to die. Well, no, no, you would you would have already you would have already not well, gone in. You have already yeah, known well, to not the... gone in. Oh, sorry, I keep talking. You're good. You. You're good. SpaghettiOs. Yeah, he's not going to... Is it SpaghettiOs time? SpaghettiOs time. Um, no, yeah, no. Just the idea is just do what you're going to do anyway because it already happened. Or it's already going to happen in the but future. But then why did he bother telling him to make sure you do it? Probably just, just change it. For the, trying for the to sa- establish rules that don't actually exist, maybe. That and and I will give Nolan this for the same reason that they tell them that even though you know it's going to happen, you should still act. You know, like, you know, the, yeah. the idea of action in the face of fate kind of idea. Yeah. 
Robert Pattinson's character knew he was going to die after he had to go back into the past, forward, future to die again in the past right. and stop the guy from whatever the fuck that he was doing. I don't, re- I don't remember the movie. <laughs> uh, Twilight. I think it's Twilight. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So the, the vampires came and uh, played football. Oh, I'm adding High Life to the list. Okay. okay. All right. Sorry, sorry. Uh, moving on to sure Bill Jarvis. Slap okay, it on. So, sounds good. I'm just going to yield a little bit of my time to say. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so okay. So, By the way, okay, anytime so, you yield on this cast, I'm taking away yeah. on the next episode. So sounds good. Sounds good. Deal with it. So, Fine, um, <laughs> okay, the next episode, so, I mean. Sorry, continue. That's fine. So anyway, so um, so the whatever happens has happened, and whatever the best decision was the best decision. So that's why Neil did what he did because he knew that in order to save the world, because they already said you have to kill yourself. You just choose when you do it. So you know that's when when Neil decided to kill himself. Um, but I'd say it's bad sci-fi, and it was fun. So you know, hey, go have fun. Go see the movie and have some fun. You know, it's COVID. So wear a mask and go have some fun, okay? All right. Thank you, Bill. Andrew. Can I yield some of my time to ask what the fuck you meant by slap it on? (laughs) 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 Let me try try something different this time. Andrew, spread it on. All right. I liked that one less. (laughs) Andrew, Andrew, slather it on. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty much in the, in the camp of the Mark where, uh, and Bill apparently where it's, yeah, it's a fun movie. It's like dumb as fucking hell. Um, and a lot of things happen, but I enjoyed it. I would love to see the hour and 45 minute cut where they don't have any mention of time traveling at all and watch (laughs) a super generic James Bond movie. Um, (laughs) But other than that, I mean, yeah, I liked it. Um, pretty egregious sci-fi, but I had a good time watching the movie. All right, there you go. Um, I'm just gonna say this was this wasn't good sci-fi. It was ambitious, poorly executed. Um, I don't think there was any real, you know, cautionary tale here. Other than don't let rich people figure out time travel. Um, aside from that, uh, how do you think they got? I don't know. Rich? I enjoyed it. I I had fun for pretty much most of the movie, and I will always maintain it's okay to like a bad movie. It's just it's fine. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Um, yeah, I think that's it, guys. Uh, so there you have it. That is our take on the new Christopher Nolan movie, Tenet. Uh, go out there and see it safely, and if you can't, uh, I guess just wait for it to show up on some sort of inconvenient streaming service that you have to pay money, more money for. Um, what are we doing next week, Ben? I'm, I mean, I think we should just stop saying, because things keep changing. <laughs> tentatively well, signs. Probably something about the time stream. It's it's tentative next week, right? Signs was pushed back to next week, tentatively, unless something else is coming out. (laughs) I'm laughing. But like, there's also that awful-looking Ridley Scott series we got to cover. 
There's like. Did you just laugh in the predator theme? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> what's that? <laughs> what's that <laughs> called? That's Wolf at the Moon. It's Terminator. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah, <laughs> I um. <laughs> They well, both have Arnold. They yeah. both have, uh, you know, Robert well, Pattinson. Guys, I want to go to bed. <laughs> I, I have to get over <laughs> five this film, this film insists We're upon done. itself. It insists <laughs> upon itself. Okay? Until next time. Here. Please. No. Ah, snow with this on in the earth. No snow snow with this telling my house. I got fish the pot system. I'll give them more of a honey madera. Ma. Ah, uh, he there's lots nursed me out. Ma. Great day, I was. I'm serving the tech doctor. I need this net. How are we gonna go? Ma. I'll be very.